<laughs> Technical difficulties. Yeah. You have a good That's day at work? Always a good day at work. Always a good day at work? Nothing, oh, yeah. nothing too exciting happening? Pounding on the computer, baby. Pounding on the computer. That's right. Doing, saving the world one one uh, letter at a time. Nice. One zero at a time. One one, one and one, zero at one, a time. One one and zero in some sort of sequence at a time. Yes. So welcome back to Drawing the Line. we got a packed foot show for you guys today. Lot to cover. So we'll dive right in on new attacks over Brett Kavanaugh as they continue with new allegations. What to do about Iran's recent attacks on a Saudi oil field. So just everyone's getting attacked. And we go deep onto the golden toilet champagne-filled lifestyle of Winston Churchill. Wow. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm pretty excited for all that. What a diverse and fun show we have today. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for all that, I hope. I hope, of course, everybody else is excited. So let's dive right in. So here we are, back again, like we didn't have enough. We're back with Kavanaugh 2.0. And if you're wondering what the new allegations are, well, they emerged over the weekend, and there's been some retractions. So the original po- original story, we'll go over this first. The original story posted last Saturday by the New York Times, author Robin Podgram and Kate Kelly, who it's worth noting have actually written a book on Kavanaugh outlining his education, which for some reason that's necessary. Not it's a it's a free biography, dude. Yeah, I I, I guess. I mean, it's not the biography you want, but <laughs> but it's the but it's the biography you need. <laughs> the Batman of biographies. Oh gosh. So they wrote this book on Brett Kavanaugh's education, and it comes out with some new allegations. And the allegations come in the form of a former classmate of Brett Kavanaugh at Yale? Yes, at Mm -hmm. Yale, named Deborah Ramirez, who went to school with Kavanaugh in the in the 80s. So what what the what the what the main what the main crux of the article says, and we first kind of dive into her and her kind of beginnings is so the article says a top student at southwestern connecticut she studied hard but socialized little she was raised catholic and had a sheltered upbringing in the summer she worked at carvel dishing ice cream commuting in the 500 hundred dollar car she bought with babysitting earnings so it didn't really seem that she was of abject poverty or completely innocent and all this like the article likes to make it out make out to be so she gets to she, she gets to yale which is an amazing accomplishment for anybody. I mean, let's be honest. She gets to the Yale, and the article goes on to say, At Yale, she encountered students from more worldly backgrounds. Many were affluent and had attended elite private high schools. They also had experience with drinking and sexual behaviors that Ms. Ramirez, who had not intended to be intimate with a man until her wedding night, lacked. So, all, all fine. And it, it seems like they're trying to set her up to be this innocent bystander. Is, is what it sure. is what it seems to be. So the real accusation comes from during the winter of her freshman year, a drunken dormitory party unsettled her deeply. She and some classmates had been drinking heavily when, she says, a freshman named Brett Kavanaugh pulled down his pants and thrust his penis at her, prompting her to swat it away and inevitably touch it. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's very cringy. Un- that's just there's a lot of uncomfortable sense. That was an uncomfortable sense to yeah. read out loud. I, I would not wish that upon anybody. No. Some of the onlookers who had been passing around a fake penis earlier laughed. 
Wow. What, so, what party is like, I? You know, like it. It might be true. It might not be true. Regardless, these are some weird people, man. Yeah, it's funny because they set got up some weird people. They set up the very beginning of the article to paint Miss Ramirez as like this really innocent young girl, and then we find her at a I party. I mean, she might be, maybe, but I don't know. It was her choice to go to a party with fake penises being I mean, passed around. It is a dormitory party, and I don't know. Did they throw parties in the dorms back then? I I don't I don't know. I guess they did. I don't know. I would I would assume I would assume to say the article goes on to say, but while we found Doctor, so of course they're going to relate it back to the previous hearings from Doctor Christine Blasey, Blasey Ford. But while we found Doctor Ford's allegations credible during a ten-month investigation, Ms. Ramirez's story could be more fully corroborated. So as you can tell from that statement and what's being set up to. Of course, it's going to draw a huge attention, right? Because there's already there's already a history with Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure what they mean by we, because there was a ten month long investigation, and we found that there was nothing. Not enough evidence. I to mean, actually, like point blank, Ford right? couldn't name a time or a place, and wasn't even a hundred percent confident that it was Brett. Yeah. Well, so it's, yeah, like you can't. I, like this, this whole case bothers me. I can go into this more later after you've summarized the rest of it. But it, the whole thing, especially the the beginning, right, with Ford, like it bothered me because, like, you can't prove that it didn't happen, but you also can't prove that it did happen. And like you know, like you said, you can't name a time, can't name a place. You can't have like there's uncertainty in it. You don't have the details. But also like, think about trying to recollect something like you know thirty, forty years ago. Like, are you going to remember the details of it, right? So what's really interesting is kind of the same stuff seems to happen. Ramirez admitted to classmates that she was unsure Kavanaugh was the culprit after she spent several days talking to a lawyer, which was reported in the New Yorker magazine. So the question is, why did it – so this seems like – all right, so if I'm back in college and some dude is walking around with his man parts out, swatting them in people's faces, I feel like that's a pretty memorable situation. It's true. Why do I need to consult with my lawyer for a couple days before deciding if it was said person? Like, wouldn't I either know it is or know it isn't? I feel like that's a very distinct memory. Well, I mean, this thing is like you have to – you can't put yourself in their shoes, right? Like, we haven't lived long enough to know what it's like to remember some, like, party from college, right? And I'm sure we've been to parties – and crazy stuff's happened at parties that we've forgotten about already. Bro, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I've done – I don't want to toot my own horn. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but there's, there are some nights not, – not like this. There's, there's some nights that I, I, won't, I won't forget that, that, are, that, that they're that stark. That are memorable, sure. Not even, but guess, not even memorable. Not like memorable as in I had a good time. Memorable like, like – Something happened that you. I don't even. I really don't even want to go. Want to go into it without having to get too specific. But it was more than just a good time. It was like, oh my god, I I cannot believe I decided to pick that person up and they kicked me in the face. And that's why my glasses are still bent. Totally my fault. Sure. So there, there, there are nights, there are nights like that. We're just crazy stuff. We're just crazy. I don't think I'll ever. I'll never forget that. Yeah, but I, I mean that's the thing. Is it's like. You can't, you can't just because you won't forget that memory doesn't mean you can say the same for everybody, right? And at the same time, they don't really go into it too much. But she might have been drinking at the time, and when yeah. you drink, 
you know, memory loss is a byproduct of drinking. That's true. Right? That's true. So if she was drunk at the time and, you know, she can still remember the event, but she might not remember all the details. Which is which is why I think it's actually noteworthy because I think you were kind of questioning in the beginning as to why they put a narrative of her in being an innocent person, like kind well, of naive. Well, that's why, that's so why. you immediately assume that – you know, she was dead sober right. and had, like, yes. you know, was just completely, like, out of the loop, right? right. And, I mean, you don't know. Yeah, you that's don't. The, that's the problem with this whole thing is, like, that's there's the so point. many that's why unknown that variables. Way. Yeah. There's a ridiculous amount of unknown variables, so people are, are able to skew it in a bunch of different ways, which so is that, very bad. that follows. So another accusation is made in the same book. A classmate, Max Steyer, saw Mr. Kavanaugh with his pants down at a different drunken dorm party. Wow, they had a lot of drunken dorm parties at Yale. Where friends pushed his penis, God, you know, I really hate saying that word, but it's in the quote, yeah. into the hand of a female student. Mr. Style, who runs a nonprofit organization in Washington, notified senators and the FBI about this account, but the FBI did not investigate, and Mr. Sire has declined to discuss it publicly. We call up with the story with two officials who have communicated with Mr. Steyer. The female student declined to be interviewed, and friends say she did not recall the episode. So great. So we just are going to do exactly what we did with Ford, and we're going to throw an allegation out there and not back it up with anything. Well, just investigate, but then fail to back it up. Exactly. Uh, he, mean, he fails to come out with any he, – he fails to come out, period. He just throws an accusation out, fails to come out proving why he believes this. And people that they talked to and interviewed his friends said this didn't happen. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Maybe they're lying. You don't know. And, I mean – I guess it depends on if they're being investigated with a polygraph, but also you can. Uh, that's oh, the you problem. You can easily get around a polygraph. It's like you can get around a polygraph too, right? Yeah, so it's, it's so, so easy. hard. It's so hard to confirm a story that has like you know no recordings, no nothing, nothing from forty years ago. And I'm, I can see like I'm fine with like multiple witnesses coming out and timelines matching up. I think people can provide that if the event actually happened. But if you're gonna throw an allegation out and then not come out and actually, and then almost everybody has no be idea. Be specific, happened. and then all your friends are like, you know what? That I don't think that happened, because again, goes back to this is a very stark. I mean, here we here we are. If this happened, Brett Kavanaugh, well, his friends. So like, I guess his friends would be committing sexual assault. Like I don't I don't know. It's, if Kavanaugh's it's, committing. It's, <laughs> it's a I very mean, it's a very weird well, thing. That, another reason why people would deny it happened, right? Because they don't want to be you know they don't want to be connected to that story right, right. and it said his friends pushed his genitals, <laughs> his genitals into a female which is disgusting yeah to think about and like that's the thing is his friends are also engaging in sexual assault so i think that so we'll d i don't i don't think his friends have to be concerned about anything because brett kavanaugh already has history with the ford hearings that even if those friends came forward, that would be glossed over, 100%. I think they would just go right after Brett. I don't think they would care about getting into the uh, nitty-gritty of – People would still care. Well, also, Brett would have to, like, sue someone for sexual assault, like, 30 – well, I guess that's happened before. So I, I, I don't think people would care as much as the narrative of Brett Kavanaugh shouldn't be a Supreme Court justice. Sure. I think that, that narrative would obviously take, take precedence. So what's really interesting, on Monday night, the New York Times actually revised their article. The New York Times says in an editor's note, an earlier version of this article, which has, 
which was adapted from a forthcoming book, did not include one element of the book's account regarding an assertion by Yale classmate and friend of Brett Kavanaugh pushed his penis into the hand of a female student at a drunken dorm party. The book reports that the female student declined to be interviewed and friends say that she did not recall the incident. So here we go again. I mean, it's the same thing. Again. It's nobody can back it up. No right? one. It's just a bunch of unsubstantiated claims. Yeah. And Again. I mean, um, that's the thing is it's like you have a point. Like if if they're able to get multiple witnesses, if the uh, timelines are able to match up, like if they can actually prove something, well, prove and just have enough information to yeah. even get close to proving something like, yeah, you can make the assumption that he's guilty. Right. Yeah. Or even make a stronger case. But to just go out there and basically commit slander and libel. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I wouldn't have a problem if he sued. I think he, I think he should. This is ridiculous. They keep doing they this. They just keep attacking him, right? Um, yeah. No, you're definitely right. And I guess it's tough because, you know, like he's, I guess he's just being attacked, right? But at the same time, nobody can back it up. So yeah. he's kind of like just caught in the middle of this. Well, of course he's denying it, right? So he he denies all of this. So that that's another issue that. Like uh, that, actually, Positive America brought it up when they talked about this yesterday, and I, they have a point. Um, if he did actually do it, or maybe if he didn't, if he's just trying to get away from this problem, instead of flat out denying, like ever doing anything, he could just put up a statement where he says, and I'll I'll try to summarize what they said, but he comes out and he says. You know, uh, I was in college, I was drinking, you know, sometimes I made mistakes and we all make mistakes and like basically come out and like try to publicly apologize and be like, I have changed as a person in the past 30, 40 years. And I realized the error of my ways when I was a kid. So and like he could do that. And that yeah. might be a strategy to get away from that. You the, know, the same thing was brought up in the Ford hearings. And I'll tell you the common rebuttal on our side, on the Republic, on the conservative side. Sure. Is there's no guarantee that it would stop? We can look back at that, any well, of course there's no precedent, guarantee. but then why would you do it? Because there's because al- there's I, also no guarantee of stopping if you just keep denying. Deny, exactly. Deny. So you might as well deny. I mean, I mean, it's the same thing but in I kind of like our in honor of our in kind of our court system in which you're accused of something and you just choose not to say anything. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's kind can, of the same can, thing. I mean, he can deny it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying maybe there's a slight – like there's more of a possibility that people would leave it alone if he, you know, tried to be like, oh, I'm a, big, I'm a better man now or something look like at that. The, look at the Virginia governor who was caught in a, in a photo with um, uh, apparently in blackface or I, – I believe, I believe it was in blackface. And he came out and said, um, yeah, that was me. And everyone ripped him up and down. And then he said, no, wait, that wasn't mean. And everyone still ripped him up and down. So there seems like, and I know it's a problem, but there's, and Trump does this perfectly. There's, a, there's two ways that you can, I believe there's two ways you can take criticism. One, you admit to it, in which you get destroyed. And two, you don't admit to it, in which you still get destroyed. So, yeah, and that, Trump does I the guess. same thing. Trump, does, he, Trump never admits to anything and just double downs all the time. So... Yeah, there's no good way to handle it, right? No, Um, there's obviously not. And it's impossible to tell how people will react to, you know, what what people are saying, right? Right. Um, 
And that's that's really tricky. But I guess the way I see it at the end of the day, at least with the, the whole case in general, um, if he didn't do it, I'd feel really bad for him because yeah, he's too. just been berated for like basically, you know, a couple years now. Yeah. Um, it's he's like, not even it's that adding conservative. Up. Like, that's the crazy thing. It's just because he's being supported by Trump. Exactly. Right? But he, he's still under attack from people. People are never going to live this down. This is He's going to live with this for the rest of his life. Yeah. So if he didn't do it, I feel bad for him. But if he did do it, you know, we can't prove that he did it, right? right? Because we don't have enough witnesses. We don't have a good enough story to prove that he did it. But if he did do it, I like to think, you know, whether you want to call it God or karma or whatever, <laughs> something will come back and, you know, bite him in the butt for well, what he did. Well, it also speaks to our justice, the way we handle justice. We assume you're innocent. innocent and then we create yeah. the evidence to say you're guilty not the other way around yeah no and that's that's how our justice system yeah, works that's right? how it should work that's and a so fair way of doing things some people get away with stuff yes but then you just hope that it you know comes back to them someday right yeah. and our, i think our justice system is incredibly good I, uh, there, of course cases slip well, through the cracks i'm not going to say of, that we're perfect. of course it's it's not a perfect justice system but it is it's better than yeah. guilty until proven innocent right? I, essentially i mean that's the hallmark of any authoritative regime Beria said in stalin's regime show me the man and i'll i'll show you the crime yeah i mean i'll just make something up it's dangerous and yeah. then you have to prove you're innocent so but that didn't stop of course our presidential candidates new democratic presidential candidates beto tweeted yesterday we learned we learned of an accusation against brett kavanaugh one we didn't find out before he was confirmed because the Senate forced the FBI to rush his investigation to save his domination. We know he lied under oath. He should be impeached. In an interview with Jimmy Fallon, Kamala Harris says, the fact that something has not been proven doesn't mean it didn't occur, which is just an amazing statement. The fact that something has not been proven doesn't mean it didn't occur. That's an amazing I mean, statement. It's true. If, if you don't think about it at all. Because I, I could just be like, you know, Parker, there's not a lot of evidence to say that you don't go out back and, and eat grass or beat your dog. Oh, I, I, don't, I mean, OK, I was going to do a more innocent example. but, but no, no, And then you'd be like, well, there's there's no there's no, there's evidence, no evidence that I to beat say my that. Dog. And I'd be like, well, that is the evidence yeah, that there is no evidence. It doesn't mean it didn't occur. Right? Yeah. So that's that's just an incredible statement. I mean, that's that. Wow. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's an incredible statement. So last year, as we as we know, I mean, this is really interesting. So it, we also get we also get Elizabeth Warren coming out basically saying last year the Kavanaugh nomination was ra rammed through the Senate without a thorough in examination of the allegations against him. Confirmation has not been exonerated, and these newest revelations are disturbing. Like the man who appointed him, Kavanaugh should be impeached. So we get a couple things. One, quote unquote, rammed. I'm throwing up the air fingers. Which is incredibly interesting, given that it was a, a huge ordeal with millions Very of dollars spent. Yeah, and a lot of money spent and on the investigations. Yeah, to, to say that it was somehow rammed through quickly. Uh, no, like let's not pretend the Democrats tried to stall it at every turn, to the point where they were probably just wanting to stall it up until eternity. I yeah, mean, that's. I mean, that's, if that had happened, they would have been perfectly happy with that. So Trump fires back and says. Kavanaugh accuser doesn't recall the incident. Do you believe what these horrible people will or do say? They are looking to destroy and influence his opinions, but played the game badly. They should be sued. Honestly, yeah, I think they should be sued. I mean, uh, th this is, I think this is, at this point, this is becoming 
this is becoming slander and libel. Yeah. I mean, well, especially like as Brett Kavanaugh, if he didn't do it and you, and he knows like, Oh, I'm, I'm that person. I didn't do it. Then yeah, you can 100% confirm that it's slander. Yeah. I, I think he, I think you should. So another, another point. So not only do they, do they tweet about it getting rushed through, they also tweet about impeaching, right? So what's it take to actually impeach a Supreme Court Supreme justice? Court justice? I, I don't actually know. You take so you need a vote, you need a majority vote in the House and in the Senate. Okay. And there's only been one Supreme Court justice to have ever been impeached. He was impeached in the House, but wasn't impeached in the Senate. So technically not really impeached. So he wasn't even really impeached. No, he wasn't really impeached. But that was the first time it's basically ever happened. Sure. So this hasn't stopped many Democrats from jumping on that bandwagon. Representative Alana Presley from Massachusetts, she's a Democrat, and she's part of the squad, said that she will file an impeachment resolution on Tuesday arguing that Kavanaugh's and I quote, Kavanaugh's confirmation process set a dangerous precedent. We must demand justice for survivors and hold Kavanaugh accountable for his actions. So, I mean, of course I'm just going to hit the same road talking points. It's not like a broken record at this point. Yeah, like, what I mean, we've, already, we've already said it. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, But what's really interesting is actually the response from leading Democrats. So according to Politico, Senate Minority Whip Dick Durbin said, get real <laughs> in a statement Monday afternoon. Hmm. We've got to get beyond this impeachment is the answer to every problem. It's not realistic. If that's how we are identified in Congress as an impeachment Congress, we run the risk that people will feel like we're ignoring the issues. And that's incredibly like true. issues that matter. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. Because, I mean, yeah, if you think about it from a common, you know, citizen standpoint, how they see what D.C. is doing, right, they're going to look at it and be like, oh, all Congress does is argue about impeaching Trump or impeaching Kavanaugh or – you know, impeaching whoever's in power. And, yeah, from that perspective, you seem like, okay, they're wasting all their time doing this when they could be working on other stuff. And to just to just get out there and whoever you disagree with say impeach, like, that does not look good. It's also, yeah, it's also very, you know, divisive. Oh, yeah. And jarring. Oh, yeah. And let's not pretend that if it fails, you're in very bad waters with the American public. Because sure. then it just it reinforces Trump message Trump's message that everybody's out to get him, and it's it's Trump the un, the unifying force who's fighting against the power, which yeah. is why I think there's such hesitation from top Democrats like Pelosi to open a impeachment inquiry based off the Russia data. Yeah, because if it fails. There's a lot on the they line. Look, they look really bad. So you right? better you better walk in and make sure you know what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. if it fails, then Trump, I mean, that's all he'll talk about in 2020. 100%. Oh, yeah. They'll no, be like, he'll they talk about how the Democrats, you know. Try to impeach him. Try to impeach him. Wasted money. Wasted time. And he'll probably and just be came like. out of it. Probably like, but I'm so wonderful. I'm Trump. I, I beat them. I mean, that's just. Be- it's he, an amazing talking point for right. him. That's right. Yeah, he. he Makes himself look really good. So House Judiciary Chairman N- Jerry Nadler similarly dismissed the idea of impeachment inquiry, arguing in a radio interview Monday that the committee is concentrating our resources on determining whether to impeach the president. So this is – they have opened up a new presidential impeachment inquiry, yeah. which is kind of on the same lines. The New York Democrats said that it's one thing for progressives to call for impeachment – 
but for him, it's a consequential action, which we have to be able to justify. That's, yeah, that's 100% right. true. Yeah. 100% true. You've he knows what be, he's talking you've about. You've got to have, you've got to have the data, and you've, you, you've got to be solid in your case. Don't just do this because you think it's going to rile up your base, because it will get the other base out there. Like, let's not pretend that con- rural conservatives and Republicans feed off this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, we sure. saw it. We saw it in our election. The in our election, we had the runoff candidates, um, McCready and Bishop, and McCready won the suburban vote, mm-hmm. but Bishop just huge support in the rural in the sector rural that was yeah. able to overcome any sort of gains McCready had. Sure. So it's it's just incredible. So we have one last kind of response from Jerry Nadler's tweets. I'm pretty sure Jerry Nadler cares if somebody particularly if somebody particularly somebody is getting lifetime appointment whether that person lied to Congress. This is Senator Maisie Hirono from Hawaii who supports the impeachment inquiry says I hope he changes his mind. So again, we're back to the squad and progressive, dare I say radical Democrats versus everybody else. Yeah, which sure. is well, of course because when the big Democrats like the the more moderate ones at least are trying to be realistic and be like, this is not the smartest move we can make at this time. The people like, of course there's going to be the people on the very, very far left that are just going to be like, what the heck guys? And like kind of do their own thing. Right. And I remember if you think back to when we were talking about Cortez calling almost implying that Nancy Pelosi was a racist. Yeah. Um, There was a huge rift. fighting each other. Yeah. Yeah, There was a huge rift. And then Trump kind of jumped in with his xenophobic kind of comment saying that they should go back to where they came from and that unified them back together. And I think Trump didn't mean to do that, but he's benefiting off of it because then he can just be like, hey, look at you. Disregard all the moderate, quote-unquote moderate, ideas of Pelosi and the rest of the party and look at all of these radicals. Like the extreme views that, that are unrealistic. Right? That the moderates are now having to defend. Yeah. And I don't feel bad for Pelosi at all. She dug this grave. So, and I think a lot of these Democrats dug this grave, and now they're starting to realize it. Yeah. They're starting to realize that this wasn't the best idea. Which is really interesting because Joe Biden actually hasn't come out and said anything about this. I'm sure he hasn't supported it. I'm sure he won't. I'm sure he won't either. It's a smart move. He needs to stay moderate as possible. Because he's one of the only candidates that's thinking about the general election. Well, he's also, I mean, he's also the lead candidate, right? And he's, and right behind him is, you know, Warren and Sanders, who are. Not moderate in nope. any way. No, so not. he, honestly, I'm pretty sure he knows that he's yeah. the Democratic Party's best chance. Yeah. Right. In a so, general election, not see that's the thing. Yeah. In the general. I mean, election. I mean, in a general right. election. Yeah, that's what I mean. And so he needs to make sure that he's stay sticking to the moderate, you know, yeah. a viewpoint. What's going to win the general election? Not this progressive free for all in which we just shout at the sky whatever radical policies that come into our head. Yeah. In hopes of pulling a it's, very vibrant base. It's dangerous, and it's it's very divisive. And it's not going to be Trump. And it's going to lose a lot yeah. of moderates. Oh, yeah, it is. Because that's yeah. the vote that matters, right? The independents and moderates, they, of course. Matter. Yeah. they matter a lot more than that's your the, base. That's the swing, right? Yeah, it is. It is. It 100% is. So moving on from that into another, another controversial topic back in the world. We'll move out of the U.S. sector and into the world wow. global policies. Yeah, I know. Wow. Big Big so, ideas. So big stuff. Big mucho big. Big facts. Wow. Some some big some big facts over here. 
So over the weekend, an oil field was attacked in Saudi Arabia. This was a huge oil field. Mm -hmm. And it was attacked with drones and cruise missiles. So the – well, I'll just – the U.S. The U.S. thinks it's Iran, without without having to go into to too many. Well, I'll kind of outline the kind of some of the arguments and assumptions we have. We're we're kind of confident that it's Iran. So, according to the New York Times, American investigators have examined missile circuit boards recovered after strikes against the Saudi oil fields to determine the trajectory of the attack and whether it originated from Iran. As the Trump administration debates how and whether to retaliate, so this has kind of opened up a rift in the Republican Party about what to do. About Iran. And it'll be much more damning if they came from Iran. And there seems to be some evidence to say it might have. Analysts are pouring over satellite imagery of the damaged sites and assessing radar tracks of at least some of the low-flying cruise missiles that were being used. Communication intercepts from before and after the attacks are being reviewed to see if any implicated Iranian officials. If we can tie this back to Iranian officials... That's you know it came from Iran. Yeah, right? that's huge. I think hundred percent. I think Iran supported this because what country in the region has the in, has first off has that interest and two has the capability of cruise missiles and drones the one to with the biggest hit firepower. Yeah, right? it's not Yemen, which is what the uh, of course it's, the Iranians deny all this and the Iranians are saying, oh well, it's Yemen. Yemen did this. N- no, like they really don't have that capability. To be able to st- and also why would they fire? They basically fired around a peninsula. Why wouldn't they just go right over top? Sure, like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's why all these investigators are looking into the trajectories and stuff to make sure it actually adds up. Right. So one theory gained traction among American officials is that the cruise missiles were launched from an Iran and programmed to fly around the northern Persian Gulf through Iraq's airspace instead of directly across the Gulf where the United States has a much better surveillance, one senior official said. In the hours before the attacks, American intelligence detected unusual activity at military bases in southwest Iran that would be consistent with preparations for strikes, another senior American official said. So the the Saudis have already pledged to get to the bottom of this. I mean, of course, of it's course on their are. soil, right? Right, and their energy minister has basically said that they'll have the oil produ- productions back up in September to where they were. These were big hits on big fields, so it's going to hurt them a lot. It's not really going to drive up prices that much. They have a ton of supply and just barrels sitting around that they're going to force into the market to try and keep the prices somewhat level. Mm-hmm. So they should have – your oil prices back up in September, and hopefully gas prices so will the, go up. They're able. I mean, they're also from their viewpoint, they're able to maintain their economy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And of course, the Iranians have denied this because they deny everything. I mean, well, that's what yeah, the Iranians of course, do. Even if you did it, you don't want the blame pointed at you no. for launching missiles into another country. No. So you know where the blame's got to be pointed, though. You know who really did this? We did. It's our fault. Oh. Yeah, here we go with this one. Okay. So, the <laughs> foreign minister says, U.S. is in denial if it thinks that Yemen victims of four and a half years of the worst war crimes wouldn't do all to strike back, he said on Tuesday. Perhaps it's embarrassing that hundreds of billions of its dollars of arms didn't intercept Yemen fire, but blaming Iran won't change that. The U.S. isn't upset with its allies mercilessly bombing babies in Yemen for over four years with its arms and its military assistance. But it is terribly upset with the victims' reaction only the way that they can against the aggressor's oil refineries. So 
Yeah. So and then he goes on and at the very end he closes out with ending the war is the only solution for all. So that's exactly what Iran wants. Sure. They would love they just, to end this conflict. Yeah. So they essentially, yeah. Of course, he's going to call for that. Because oh yeah. Their big oh, yeah. goal is, you know, all this, you know, distrust and you know, conflict like you said with the United States is not good for Iran. No, um, it's not. It's yeah. not. They want to go back to the years of Obama. They yeah. want to go back to the years of the Iran nuclear deal when we were just funneling them billions of dollars. When they can, yeah, when they can basically just, you know, they can do, just put their, their do what they want without any checks. Yeah, they can just put their little nuclear weapons program on hold and they can funnel in billions of dollars to prop up their economy and fund state right terrorism. So yeah, they they'd love to go back to that. They'd really love to go back to yeah. that. Which is really funny because remember when we talked about North Korea firing missiles and then coming to the table and be like, hey guys, we should be friends. They're doing. Almost the same thing. It's almost the exact if, same. If we thing. can prove that Iran was behind it, that's exactly what they're doing. Oh, it's it's. A, I think it's a. And they're just trying to doing. point to Yemen, which I mean is a decently. If they actually did do it, it's a decently smart move, right? Because I mean, he's got a point. Yemen is very much war torn. I'm sure Yemen has very bad blood, and they're gonna want to take it out on people, right? Yeah. I mean, I 100%. Even if it didn't come from Iran, I 100% believe the Iranians funded it in some way. Or they encourage it because they're they really the only ones that have this capability. Let's not pretend that cruise missiles don't cost a millions of, money, of dollars right? to invest in. And Yemen is a war-torn country. I think the last thing that they're worrying about is developing drones. Yeah, no, you got a point. And developing cruise missiles. Sure. So I think that's a, a bit of a stretch. But German Chancellor Angela Merkel said, We prefer a diplomatic process, which we are trying to push ahead. But in recent days, tensions in the region rose, and Germany will always be in favor of de-escalation, and long-term solutions are the only way possible through a political process. This is exactly what Iran wants. If, th- if Trump said this, they'd be ecstatic. This yeah. is what they want. They just they de-escalate, start finding agreements. Yeah, that's what they want. Um, without punishment, right? Right, exactly. That is exactly what they want. And what they're trying to do right now is upset the global market so that more people can pressure Trump and oil prices can go up because they did the same thing when they attacked all these tankers. Mm-hmm. They're trying to push the oil prices up so that, one, they can prop up their own economy because higher oil prices mean they can sell their oil for more. Sure. And, two, it puts more international pressure on the U.S., to release our sanctions. Our sanctions on them, right? And to potentially go back into the Iran nuclear deal and just start funneling billions of dollars so that they can attack whoever they want. So, yes, if the main goal is if Iran wants something, we should definitely want the opposite. I think that's a, that's a pretty solid idea. And the fact that we think that the diplomacy can be an option, but diplomacy without strength backing it is nothing. Sure. It's it's nothing. I mean, it's basically it's taking a back seat, right? Yeah. And that's the thing is like even even if Iran isn't actually the bad guy and doesn't actually have bad intentions, like you still need to treat this very carefully. Um, and of course, you know, trying to be basically like you said, not having any strength or any power backing any agreement you reach or backing down from how we're currently dealing with them is dangerous. Oh yeah, cuz why would they why would they stick by it, right? If there's no teeth, then there's no reason for them to actually stick to anything. We did yeah. the same thing with the Paris Climate Accords. Same thing. Yeah. There's China signed no, on to it. No teeth behind there's no it, teeth right? behind it. So what are China to do? Build more fossil fuel plants. Like it doesn't care. Yeah. Come on. You think if you think you can treat Iran with kid gloves and it's just going to be happy and suddenly it's just it's just wonderful idea that 
the U.S. can actually leave the rest of the world alone. And we truly believed that in the era of, like, Clinton and pre-9-11. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were shocked when 9-11 happened because we were very much more isolationist. And we believed that if we had just gotten out of the world politics, then the rest of the world would just get along and be fine. And that's not the case. That there are extremely evil people in this world who have pledged undying obedience to destroy the United States and all of its allies. Sure. And let's not pretend that us just pulling troops out is going to make them stop that. Because it won't. Yeah, it, no, it, you're right. It won't. And that's what the, the Iranians want that too. They want the U.S. to pull out. A lot of people have been reporting that the reason that we support Saudi Arabia is because of money. One, yeah, that's but that's only half the truth, right? You can't just leave the region. It doesn't – a vacuum's created, and guess who's going to fill it? Russia is more than happy for us to leave the region. Yeah. They're more than happy for that. Iran would be ecstatic. It's, just, it's if a very, left. it's very temperamental region. Oh right? yeah, and I'm not saying that the Saudis are the best people in the world. They're obviously not. All right, God, they killed their own journalist. Mm-hmm. So let's not pretend they are, the Saudis are are nice people. But there's a the, we want to we want to see things in black and white, right? That's how we want to see things, good or bad. The Saudis killed their own journalist, therefore bad. Therefore we shouldn't support them. It's not like that. It can be it can be bad, but if we leave that region, they're, they're only one of our only allies in that region would be probably destroyed. They yeah, they have to have us. Yeah, they probably don't have the backing on their own. To no, do the Saudis the Saudis are strong. Don't get me wrong, but if it's just we, I believe we have to stay. I mean, we have to stay in that region. We tried this whole thing before when we just left the let the world do what it needs to do. We tried it in World War II. Right in the beginning of World War One, when we just let the world do what it needs to do, and it always leads to terrible con- consequences. I don't want America to be the world police out there. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing you don't want to happen, right? No, like, but I also believe that America, having the greatest military in the history of mankind, needs to protect its own citizens. And to protect its own citizens, it needs to be proactive. Mm-hmm. We can't just be defensive all the time because sure. that's just a losing game. Yeah, that's just a completely losing game. It's like if I was playing basketball against LeBron James, but LeBron James was never allowed to score. He only had to play defense. Don't get me wrong; he's gonna he's gonna stop me from getting a lot of shots off. But occasionally, I'm just gonna start taking shots from half court. And push comes to shove, I'm gonna make one. It's gonna go in. Sure. So <laughs> playing defense all the time is not the best strategy. We got to well, be proactive. I mean, like you said, we have a history of you know playing defense and not trying to get involved in things until we're forced to get involved in things right right very reactionary yeah and i mean that's that's how we've been that's how it was with pearl harbor that's how it was with 9-11 um and yes there definitely is dangers of trying to you know take a back seat and then only acting when we have to um but yeah it's tough because you want to you want to know where to stop right you want to know when when is okay we're being too much of a police force and i think we've made moves to that like we've taken a lot of troops out we've trained other militaries um we're we're taking steps to be less of a presence but i think yeah at least our technology and our surveillance um and our defense systems i think those need to stay yeah i agree man and it's it really comes down to a decision of do you want to fight the enemy abroad or do you want to fight them here because they'll come here they have yeah, they have no, 100. If, they're 100 willing will. to come here. Yeah, if we just let them alone, leave them alone, 
So do it's we want to do, do we want to fight them over there or do we want to fight them here? Yeah. It's I mean it's really it's kind of the America's decision and it's I It's tough, yeah. I'd rather fight them over there than fight them fight them here. Sure. So again, don't want to be a police force in the world, but this whole idea that we're just going to talk softly and maybe th- if we leave the rest of the world is just going to leave us alone, it's just false. It it doesn't ever seem to ha- work out for us. Mm-hmm. It always seems to end in some pretty terrible consequence. So just to wrap everything up, According to Express News, the Israel Broadcasting Corporation is reporting another ship has been seized in the Gulf. This is the Gulf of, of Hormuz. Correspond, their correspondent said on Twitter, Iran has seized another oil vessel in the Strait of Hormuz, not the Gulf. Iran's Revolutionary Guard arrested a vessel and 11 crew on diesel smuggling, quote-unquote. So this is this is their play. And to act like we can just go over there and talk nicely to them and they'll stop is false i i think we do need to show my opinion we need to show military force if that means hitting them back hitting their oil fields hitting their production lines let's do it hitting their navy we did that in the 1970s we annihilated their navy it was an operation i think it was called operation mantis we destroyed their navy to show that we were the big dog and they're not sure so and well, I mean, we are. We, keep, we are the big dog. Yeah, but I mean, they're going to keep pushing and like, you know, disrupting the area. Yeah. Just to try and get us to buckle, right? Right. And the the problem is, is like, it's tough because you know, actually taking military force to Iran and you know attacking them, one could possibly lead to war, and two will almost certainly lead to people dying. Yeah. So. Just a couple things to end up on that. Could it lead to war? I don't believe it could because I don't believe Iran is interested in war. Because when the well, of U- course, it would depend on if, if they wanted to retaliate back. If right, they, if because they the problem is Iran can look at Desert Storm and the 2000s and see our military in action and know that if Iran went to war, that would be it. Like, that would be it. Mm-hmm. There was It was it for Saddam Hussein. So there's no – and they, I think the Iranians know this very well. They know that if they go to war with the United States, they can say goodbye to whatever power they held. Because they will true. essentially be bombed out of existence. Yeah. And the, So they well, don't – I 100%. Because that's something we don't want to do. Right. And I don't, I don't want to be going over there and just trying to play nation building. Of course I don't want to do that because that's super difficult and it doesn't really work that well. Yeah. But I do, I do think we need to show them where the line is. And I don't think a lot of presidents in the past have been willing to show them where the line is. A lot of the times we'll just get presidents just say, oh, well, you know, don't do that. And then they do it, and you're like, oh, well, don't do this other thing. And they just keep escalating because they keep wanting to pushing the boundary. At some point, you actually have to get in there, and you actually have to hit them yeah. to make them realize that that was a step too far. Don't do it again. Yeah, and I'm, or we'll do maybe, this again. Maybe, maybe the solution is finding a way to, like, because because my problem is is I don't know. I mean, you need to you need to retaliate, right? You need to draw a line, and I think that's important. But at the same time, at what cost, right? Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to hurt innocent people. Yeah. And if there was a way, and like you suggested, like attacking their oil facilities. Yeah. Like if there was a way to guarantee. You know, no casual, like no human casualties, but huge amounts of like damage to their economy and to their infrastructure like that, you know, that will prove, hey, you know, stop. Yeah. And I'm usually fine with hitting soldiers. 
to be perfectly honest with you. I'm usually fine with any military targets. I mean, it's still human lives. It, it like, is still human lives. But at some point, so, I mean, what point are you going to draw it? So plenty of people or plenty of terrorist groups like Hamas actually put anti put rocket batteries on top of mosques because they know that Israel isn't going to shoot the mosque because there's people inside. So these rocket batteries just rain down hellfire on the Gaza Strip and kill many hundreds of Israelis and Jews. So where where do you draw this line? Yeah. It, and it's it's I'm not asking us to do it right now. It's no, super that's, difficult. That's an extremely I difficult. I don't even know what to do about it. Exactly. Like, it's such a difficult situation. So just a whole definitely it's just a gray area and there's it's really hard to pick winners and losers. Yeah. It's very interesting to think about. Yeah, it is. It is. So moving on, moving on from that, something of a bitter of a something more of a lighter note. According to history.com, an 18 karat gold toilet disappeared. From Belheim Palace, the birthplace of Winston Churchill, on September 14th. Wow. 18 news. karat gold. Go, come on, that is news. Come on, that is news. It's, uh, Guess uh, how much it cost. I don't want to call it news. Guess how much it cost. Eight, wait, 18 karat gold toilet. Yeah, toilet. Like the whole toilet. Toilet. The whole toilet. Oh, God. How much do you think it cost? I don't Maybe like $2, Solid $2 million. Dollars. More. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, eight, $8 million. So a little bit less. Six million dollars. Jeez, dude. Six million dollar Why toilet. Why do you need that? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, good good on the guy that stole it. How, do you, how do you steal a 18 karat gold solid gold So toilet? they say it happened early in the morning, and I think he ripped it, essentially picked it up and ripped it from its foundation because he said there was water damage but done to this. That's got to be heavy, building. man. Yeah, I don't – maybe he had multiple people. You have to. to. Yeah. I don't think one person could pick up well, something. Well, I don't. I don't think gold isn't that heavy, of, uh, right? Gold's pretty heavy. You think gold? I, I'm not. I, I'm not entirely sure. So I'm just saying that. I know gold's really malleable, but is it? Is it that heavy? I think it's. It's. You still, think it's pretty heavy. It's still a metal. It's still heavy. Yeah, it's, it's still solid. Heavier, metal, right? It's going to be heavier than a ceramic toilet. That's true. That's, that's absolutely true. So maybe it helped. Well, it's really sad that this actually did some water damage to this palace because it's a beautiful palace. It's, it's a historic building. It's right? beautiful. Like yeah. it is incredibly pretty. And Winston Churchill did grow up here. Which, it's 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 funny because we we should know that Winston Churchill came from very affluent a very affluent yeah background. He's a rich boy. He very rich boy. Yeah. And I think this I think this is Grew worth up with a golden toilet. God, <laughs> ridiculous. You can't hide money, dude. Oh, can't man. hide money. That annoys me. And I and I think this is going to be. I wanted to go into some a little historical fact. It's it's disputed a little bit. There's arguments to say that this did happen, it didn't happen. Winston Churchill was an amazing drinker. Okay, Have you heard what, this? What do you mean by amazing drinker? I mean amazing what, drinker. What qualifies you to be an amazing drinker? So anything that you've – take the worst, most alcoholic person you've met in college – and that probably doesn't even hold a candle. Okay, so to when our boy amazing, Winston Churchill. You, when you say amazing drinker, you just mean extreme alcohol. Oh yeah. Oh, very much. I, so. I don't know if I would equate that to amazing, <laughs> but sure. So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk I'm gonna walk you through this. So according to Kara Goldfarb over at AllThat'sInteresting.com, Churchill was an avid drinker, even to the point that President Roosevelt coined the term Winston Hours, in which was referenced to when he and Churchill would get hammered. Wow. Yeah. So apparently they would just get plastered. Super presidential, guys. Super presidential. Gosh. <laughs> Who 
who I mean, who really cares about presidential at this point? That's true. Nothing's presidential <laughs> anymore. Nothing's nothing sacred or presidential any anymore. So this kind of originated in Winston's early or mid twenties. So Winston actually goes over to fight in the Boer Wars at the age of twenty five. He's an officer, obviously. He comes from very affluent very affluent background. Yep. So in eighteen eighty nine, at the age of twenty five, he took thirty six bottles of wine, eighteen bottles of scotch, and six bottles of brandy. With him. Like with him? With him. Oh my gosh. How do you carry that much? I I guess you're a rich boy and you you're get an officer. To carry it for you, you're so. an officer. So eighteen eighteen ninety nine. You can get away with it. Yeah. So he was once quoted saying, When I was younger I made it a rule never to take a strong drink before lunch and now it's my rule. Never to do so before breakfast. Wow. <laughs> so Super inspiring. There's it's it's so hard for me to like go into because there's a lot of rumors as to what his lifestyle was. One of his secretaries actually said that he would wake up and do a, a whiskey mouthwash. Jeez, dude. <laughs> and that, that's 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 a problem. His that his cabinets were always stocked with whiskey and port, and in 1936 he allegedly had a tab with his wine merchant of seventy five thousand dollars. This is insane. Like, like that's just bad. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess good on him for being able to still run a country, essentially, given his alcoholism. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it, it put it's a very bad example. Don't be an alcoholic, guys. <laughs> I mean. But I mean a real. Um, this was this is the definition of a functioning alcoholic. See, I, that's very true. I mean this that man. Is, this man fought the Nazis. He fought the Nazis with a paper bulletin in one hand, saying we will fight on from the from the beaches, blood, sweat, and toil, and a bottle of Johnny Red. Uh, what is that? What is that brandy? What's the brandy or the whiskey like? Johnny Red Label. Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker and the other. That's what he did. And it, it's just incredible. So some estimate that he dr- – this is – so it's hard to pinpoint point down these estimates, but some estimate that he drank 42,000 bottles in his lifetime. Wow. So he actually – I mean, he goes through – he he has a drink with every meal, so we'll have a drink with every meal. He about finishes – so each day, each dinner, he'll finish a bottle of champagne. He'll probably get through like three-quarters of a bottle of, of whiskey. And there's a wonderful video. Um, Google, if you ever want to look at this, a guy tries this. And it, Google, I tried to match Churchill drink for drink. It's incredible to watch this guy do this. That'd actually be really interesting. I'm kind of interested to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, does, he just tries to do one day. Let's not, Churchill was doing this every single day. And I'm not sure if he finished. I'm not sure if the guy finished. I'm not surprised. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm amazed how he didn't die earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he didn't die earlier. Yeah. To be honest, he had a very unhealthy lifestyle. So if you're wondering if this actually uh, affected him in the public sector, the answer is yes. So I wouldn't be bringing it up. A woman accused him of being drunk, saying, you, Mr. Churchill, are drunk. He replied, my dear, you are ugly. And what's more, you are disgustingly ugly. Tomorrow I shall be sober and you will still be disgustingly ugly. Oh, my God. What a what a what a jerk. (laughs) That is such a terrible thing to say to somebody. Yeah. So this man was frat god a terrible person and i've i've called some kids frat gods in my past but they do not hold a candle yeah he's he's a frat he's like the ultimate frat god in the worst ways yeah i mean he drank so much of a single champagne that when he died they named champagne after him 
that's, that's there's a there's a black this is all very concerning. There's a black outline on the champagne because of the day he died. Like they added that to their label. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I I don't <laughs> think I think I actually think less of Winston Churchill. Oh come on. No, I'm not gonna idolize alcoholism. Okay. I, what, what about functional alcoholism? I don't care what kind it is. It's still terrible. Well, you're gonna have to. You're Setting gonna have a to very go, bad example. You're gonna have to go watch the video. I am actually interested to see how the experiment of that went. Yeah, so it's – I mean, I think it's pretty great. So maybe we'll have to try it sometime. No. Oh, come (laughs) on. One Saturday? You can try it. You're you're the one that doesn't really drink anyway. I might try it. I might try it. You have, like, one drink, uh, like, every month. Yeah, I don't drink that much. That's right. So it would be perfect for you because it would hit you the hardest. And yeah, it would. uh, Yeah, it would actually be really funny to see you do that. And paired with his diet, his diet was really terrible. Oh, I'm like sure. He had a terrible diet. Yeah. I mean, this to this go man, to go perfectly with every the day. alcohol. Yeah, to go perfect. I mean, really, just a terrible diet. And it showed, like you can see him in his later. He was a portly dude. Yeah. But hey, an incredible and still an incredible figure. So he yeah, definitely maybe he, it just you know it it lubricated the thinking juices. I I don't I think it did more than that. <laughs> you think it lubricated a little bit more than yeah, that? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like him anymore. Oh, come on. He was kind of cool before, but now that I know he he was an alcoholic and he was mean to people. Hey, we all have our faults, dude. That's a pretty big fault. He fought the Nazis, though. He did fight the Nazis. You got to give him a little credit. I do. I do. Right. I'm, I'm a big fan of his work, just not his alcohol. <laughs> I'm a big fan of his work. Just not Mainly his alcoholism. beating Hitler. <laughs> his, I'm a, I'm a big fan work. of people that uh, fight the Nazis. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that, too. So that about wraps up today's episode of Drawn the Line. Of course, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll be coming out with more articles today and tomorrow on the Weekly Z, so definitely go and check that out. If you're listening to us on iTunes, don't forget to leave us a review. We greatly appreciate that. And, of course, get back to us with any feedback that you possibly can. I, I, and Parker have a ton planned for this enterprise. So I'm super excited. Enterprise. Ooh, wow, it's a big I'm word. I'm excited. Hey, I, I, this is going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. Big, big We're moves. We're going to have a good time. Big, big, move, big moves are going to be happening. Big, it's big move season. It's big move season. September. <laughs> September is big <laughs> move season. Hashtag big move season. Hashtag big move season. So everybody have a great night and have a good day. And we'll see you next time. That's right. Take care, y'all.